complete and total new idea for a, a podcast intro. Mm. And I sat here and I'm like, blinked it. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore, which is how I usually roll. <laughs> Hi guys! Hi guys! Oh, I think I remember it was something kind of just like, good evening, boys and girls. It's us! Podcast that talks about creepy stuff. <laughs> you would think that we're most unprofessional podcasters in the world, which you script? Not wrong. Oh, look at that! <laughs> the script that we wrote up right at the beginning. Here, I'll read it off. Welcome to Northern Frights. I'm Anna. And I'm Melissa. We're a podcast that discusses true crime and paranormal stories throughout the Midwest, specifically Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois. Iowa, Northern and South Dakota. How is it Northern? <laughs> Northern Dakota. You know that state. There's South Dakota and then there's Northern Dakota. So good. Southern Dakota. <laughs> they become one after a while. Yeah. Um, and then some other states in there as well. Cool. Hey guys, we're back. We're back. We're back. And we're probably going to be able to record a little bit more often because we're allowed to actually be in the same room together. We are. One day a week. One day a week. Six feet away. Six feet away. We're, we're properly distanced. Mm-hmm. Um, doing our best. Better than all the rest, some would say. <laughs> some would say. Yeah, so we should be able to be more frequent. We'll just yeah. roll with it though and see what yeah. comes forward. Yeah, it depends on how everything goes. The world, <laughs> the world continues on. Yep. So, what's new with what's you? What's new with me? Um, biggest change is just work related. Just being able to see us. Yeah, seeing everybody is really nice because yeah. we do obviously like everybody else virtual meetings, mm-hmm. and I feel like it. In some ways, it's not as great because it takes away some of the fun aspect because it mm-hmm. just feels more business. Mm-hmm. Like we don't laugh. You and I laugh oh, all the time. Yeah. In person, yeah. but on the <laughs> virtual meetings, we're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> we'll get down to business. <laughs> yeah. We'll hit all of our topics and then we'll be done. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, bye. Bye. And cut each other off. And <laughs> we just were like, click. In other ways, I really like virtual meetings because I feel like I do speak up more because I'm mm-hmm. more of a thinker mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But I think I, I talk more in meetings than I normally would. Like outside of our group. Sure. <laughs> My voice just cracked. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear somebody out in the hallway and I'm like, I'll keep an eye. Yeah. Do we need to like throw our mouths? What are you doing? What do you want from us? <laughs> you! You, say you! You got a glare though. Give them the evil eye. You know, what was it from American Tale? That was West where he's like the wily eye or something like that. And his eyes are like. <laughs> oh, that was stop him. They're like, ooh. They would not attack you then. No. I'd <laughs> be like, that person's crazy. We can't. We're not going to go near that. Back away. Mm-hmm. Break eye contact. <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, 
<laughs> That's pretty much the biggest thing. How about for you? Um, well, I saw that evil bug that was in our yard. Yeah. Last week. Mm -hmm. It's been one week <laughs> since my encounter with the demon. <laughs> Describe the bug a little bit. Okay. You... So let me just explain the situation here. So I'm doing some gardening. I've been weeding and like I feel like in my mind I hate gardening because I'm like I hate like bending over, I hate being hot, I hate bending over. <laughs> I hate having to pull stuff, I hate getting like dirty and sweaty. But when I'm in it, I feel like my brain just kinda like silences out, so it's like a really therapeutic relaxing Aww. activity. Yeah. I'm just like pull weed. Pull weeds, pull weeds, pull weeds. So, I've been pulling weeds. <laughs> yes. I get to the front of our house, and there's this old bush that's been there for, like, many, many moons. And I'm pulling stuff out of it, and I pull this one twig. I think I had to, like, use uh, my, like, cutters to get this branch off. Mm -hmm. And I pull it up, and on there is this bug. Mm -hmm. If it's even a bug. Mm -hmm. At first I thought it was a snail it's an because of the shell. Yeah. It had this shell back that had like ridges to it, kind of. Okay. And then in the front, they had its head. And it, it was kind of like a bee ant-like head. Okay. And then it had arms. And the arms had three fingers to them so all I can describe to you is that uh, in my head I'm like it's a snail mixed with a crab mixed with an ant bee okay. and that's what it looked like Great. it was dead as far as I could tell either that it was plain dead that might have been its defense mechanism maybe either that or it died and laid like 15,000 babies in that bush but then so I'm like poking it with like my um Shears. shears the small shears mm -hmm. and I'm just screaming like what the f is that <laughs> and just like over and over and finally I just I was like ah and I just like threw it into the gardening bag that I've got all the lawn clippings into mm -hmm. and then some like neighbors walk by and they're like beautiful day to garden isn't it and I was like I guess <laughs> be like alien bugs if you think that bugs are cool sure <laughs> That's so funny because you were in your zone too, right? Yeah. Like, doo, doo, like I'm like, this is kind of nice and relaxing. <laughs> it's nice to get all of the dead stuff out. Woo! <laughs> There's reality. And there it was. Gotcha. Got it. Said, guess what? Their monsters do exist. Monsters <laughs> <laughs> do exist. <laughs> so then I'm going to work with my cousin Friday evening. To pull out more stuff, we're gonna take out that bush. Okay. And I don't know if she quite knows that that's the bush that we're gonna take out. When I told her, like, if she wanted to ask her if she wanted to help me. <laughs> so. Well, so, here's, you're gonna wear gloves up to middle of the yeah, arm, right? Or, yeah. We're just this? gonna get hazmat suits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just hat thing. <laughs> just you know the like the outfits from ET. Yep. That's what we're gonna be like in the front yard. Just. <laughs> What are you guys doing? <laughs> Taking out one bush? <laughs> you can imagine just like people across the street are just like, oh, just doing whatever in their houses and then they just like look out and see the two of us coming around the house. <laughs> they probably think it's COVID related. Yeah, they're just like, what's happening? 
what's wrong with them? And yeah. then we're just like going at this bush and all of a sudden you see this like scream and like arms are like flailing. There's an army of mutants. <laughs> so Friday night. Friday night. So. What do you want to do on a Friday? Pull a bush. Pull a bush. <laughs> That's what adulting is. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> Very true. Alright gang, this week's episode yeah. is going to be spooky article time. Part three. Is it part three already? Yeah. I like my fingers were trying to make a three and it was like... <laughs> they became claws. Claws. <laughs> Great. Three claws. Uh-huh. That's also the devil's mm-hmm. thing. So it's real. Oh. Who's going first? Oh. Oh, boy. Oops. I didn't know. I was doing rock, paper, scissors with my hand and scissors. <laughs> She told me what she was doing. And I crushed her. <laughs> she already done new. I'm gonna okay. start lighthearted, lighthearted and end lighthearted. Excellent. I like how it's just like, we're gonna start funny <laughs> and end funny. <laughs> well, the middle one's pretty creepy. Oh, okay. Okay, so I found this story and I thought it was hilarious. Great. Police say a 22-year-old woman accused of shoplifting arrived in style at a mall in southeastern Minnesota. All right. What was she in? (laughs) Authorities say a limo driver who took the woman to the Apache Mall in Rochester Uh on Monday helped police to find her. (laughs) So Lieutenant... Jim Everson tells the Post that the woman stole about $300 in merchandise from a sporting goods store, then fought with security officers (laughs) before running away. As police searched the area for the suspect, the limo driver stopped and asked officers who they were looking for. (laughs) When he heard her description, he told the police it might be the woman who had just called for a ride back to the Collar Grand Hotel. Okay. Evanson says officers followed the limo driver to the pickup spot and arrested the woman. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Question. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Winona Ryder? <laughs> oh, that's a good question because I actually well, don't have a date it's on in here. Twenties, correct? She was in her twenties. Twenties, okay. I don't um, know how old this is, though. Okay. But I just like how it's like, first I'm going to spend the night at a hotel. <laughs> yes. Then I'm going to take a limo to a sporting goods store. Mm-hmm. There, I'm going to steal $300 worth mm-hmm. of materials, which, depending on the sporting goods store... Yeah, I wonder where. It's like, it could either be two things, one thing, or many things. then she proceeded to say no no security I do get to keep these things punch punch finders keepers punch punch and then got away got away (laughs) I'm not really clear so he must have only dropped her off Mm -hmm. and then she called to get picked up so it's not like she had it for an hour yeah or something. She's like, it's I need it for a ride. Long way ride to the mall. It's like a limo Uber. Yeah, that's where her plan fell apart, though. Yeah. 
She would have should have worn a. She should have had a wig on, some sunglasses. Nose, mm-hmm. Glasses. <laughs> she was probably not wearing a mask if it's recent. No, this I think what I got a while ago. Oh, okay. So this is at least twenty nineteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, cheers to you, great person. <laughs> I love that story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this article I have here is from Insider.com, and it is from the article about, hold on, the printer like ran out as I was getting to the end of this, so I have to find the article name. The creepiest legend, urban legend from every state. Ooh, okay. So, let me find the ones from the Midwest. I like your statement. First off, I would like to point out, okay, let's just back up and talk about this here. I would first like to apologize to the tree that was murdered <laughs> in order to print off this article. Oh my god. Because for some reason, it printed off pictures for like here, here, mm-hmm. here, and here, but none of the other pictures <laughs> for all 50 states. So it's... And so it's... Oh, wait, 50. 52. Oh no. <laughs> 50 states. Okay. Let's move on. Um, so it just prints off the tiniest portions of writing. <laughs> Yep. Instead of just putting them all together, mm-hmm. so there's just blank spaces and in like tiny prints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the printer that I was using prints from the bottom of the article to the top. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when I stapled it together, <laughs> I stapled half of the article upside down, <laughs> so like the end was in the middle. Good. So when I realized my error. <laughs> I when I got here to work, I unstapled it. Okay. And then I was trying to restaple it with my stapler at my desk. This is the most exciting story you guys have ever heard. My stapler is broken. I forgot about that. So, well, I think what the case is, is the staples are too big for my stapler. Oh, I don't know how that happens. Sure. So then I had to get another stapler <laughs> and finally staple it together in the appropriate size. Yeah, you sort of bought that. Here's a pro tip. Yeah. What I do is I'll copy this and put it into Word and delete out pictures. That would have been a good idea had I not just been in the crabbiest mood yesterday. No, totally get it. <laughs> That's what I do though. I was like trying Helps to a little bit. get it print and it was just like, I was like, ah! Did it stop printing them because you ran out of ink? Though? Yeah. Oh, okay. yes. That makes sense. Correct. As you can see by the top page, <laughs> yeah. it's, oh like, it's like printing in wingdings at this point. Yeah, it's pretty creepy looking too. Okay, so let's start here. <laughs> let's start. So Where Illinois, Okay. the creepiest urban legend is Homie the Clown. <laughs> Homie don't play that. <laughs> Throughout, this is verbatim from this article. Okay. Throughout the suburbs of Chicago in the 90s, there was a rumor going around elementary schools. There's a creepy man dressed as Homie the Clown, yes, from In Living Color, driving around in a white van trying to lure kids into it with candy and money. In some variations, he was a kidnapper. In others, he was a rapist. Mm -hmm. But in all variations, Homie left a mark on young Chicago kids in the 90s. Indiana, the 100 Step Cemetery. The 100 Step Cemetery is located in the town of Brazil. Not the country, the city. Though the official address is actually disputed. While it's not clear when the stories about the cemetery being haunted began, there are gravestones that date back to the 1860s. The legend states that if someone finds themselves in the cemetery at midnight, they must climb the steps and count to 100. 
At this point, a ghost of an undertaker will appear and show the person a vision of their death. On the way back down, the visitor is supposed to count the steps again. If they count the same amount of steps, the vision was false. Ooh. People who visit the cemetery in the past have tried to outsmart the supernatural forces in 100 steps by avoiding the steps altogether. <laughs> I don't take care Smart. of Smart. <laughs> They've reported being knocked over or shoved to the ground by an unseen force. I heard your, like, shoe hit the table or something, so I was like... For Iowa's Black Angel, which we already talked about in the okay. first episode, so first I'm going to go about that. Here we go. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Just trying to get through all 8,000 pages. For Michigan, it's a little girl on Knock Knock Road. The legend of Knock Knock Road says that there was a little girl who was murdered on Knock Knock Road in the Detroit area. And now she appears to drivers at their window, knocking, trying to find the person who killed her. Mm. Minnesota, the Kensington Runestone. This one. Ooh, okay. In 1898, a Swedish-American farmer found a gigantic slab of rock on his farm that had symbols that appeared to be Norse. And since then, no one has figured out where it came from. While official historians have debunked that Vikings made an appearance in North America before Columbus did, the myth has persisted. And if it wasn't the Vikings, who did leave this mysterious rock? And what does it say? Mm -hmm. Nobody can read rune stones? Apparently not. Not then. Well, definitely not. Huh. <laughs> not then. <laughs> <laughs> Missouri is Momo the Missouri Monster. Momo? Momo. Momo is Missouri, Missouri's version of Bigfoot Sasquatch. Bigfoot slash Sasquatch. Okay. He's been said to have a terrible body odor, a pumpkin-shaped head, and an appetite for dogs. Oh. In 1968, Momo reportedly tried to abduct a four-year-old boy, though no evidence was ever found. Because he ate them. Mm. <laughs> oh, wait, it says tried. He tried. Oh, okay, so he's alive. All right. He's alive. Okay, so I'm going to find a couple more here. Please. And then we'll carry on. So North Dakota is White Lady Lane, which I talked about in another episode. Oh, here we go. Ohio. The Werewolf of Defiance. During the summer of 1972, the people of Defiance claimed that they were being terrorized by a werewolf. The sighting... There's a person across from us, so I'm just like, <laughs> did I tell you about, I ran into my neighbors the other day, and I just dyed my hair, so it's like super white blonde, mm -hmm. and I'm taking out the trash, and I see my neighbor, and I'm like, hi, and he's like, hi, and he had a guy with him, and the guy was like staring at me for like a little bit too long, yeah. so I'm just kind of like smiling awkwardly, like, hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, Terrorized by a werewolf, the sightings always happened at night, generally by the train tracks. A couple of women said it would try to get into their houses by rattling the doorknobs. The animal is said to be huge, hairy, and dressed in rags. But after summer ended, the beast disappeared. After Never what? to be the beast disappeared. What did you say right before that? As but as after as... summer ended? Okay. I didn't hear it. So. <laughs> it was never to be heard from again. But the story lingers. 
Remus Lupin. Hmm? Remus Lupin. Oh, yeah, from Harry Potter. He's always in regular clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely in Ohio. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so that's that article. Very good. <laughs> I'm really great at show and tell. You are. But we didn't get any pictures. That's just sad. Huh? Pictures. Oh. <laughs> It's, it's hard to do this podcast when we're a room apart from each other because we're both ancient. We can't hear anything. What? We need those um <laughs> those like old thing. megaphone things. Yeah, that, yeah it actually does work. I've tried it recently. Oh. <laughs> I did it like three weeks ago. I put a um oil clean one, oil new one. Put it right in my ear, and I was like, oh, I can't hear better. Funnel thing. <laughs> I was like, it makes yeah. sense why they did that back in the day. At first, it was like an oil can. You put an oil can an by oil your ear. Tube yep. Got it. <laughs> okay. This is a story that happened this weekend. Ooh. Okay. Okay. A twenty-year-old woman who had been declared dead by authorities. Was discovered to actually still be alive after being transported to a funeral home over the weekend. The woman was found unresponsive and not breathing at a home in Southfield, Michigan. <clears throat> Responding paramedics performed CPR and attempted other, quote, life reviving methods for half an hour before medical readings determined, quote, at that time that she did not have signs of life. Unquote. <laughs> At that point, <clears throat> based on real-time medical data such as heartbeat and breathing, the woman was declared dead via phone by an emergency room doctor at a nearby hospital. A spokesperson from the Oakland County Medical Examiner's Office tells the staff that wrote this. Once the woman was declared dead, the Southfield Depart Fire Department contacted the medical examiner's office. The forensic pathologist on duty determined that, based on what the emergency room physician said and the woman's previous medical history, her body should be released to her family and did not need to go undergo further forensic examination. It was at James H. Cole Home for Funerals in Detroit that staff members made the shocking realization that the woman was still breathing. <laughs> it's like the worst nightmare for people who work in a funeral home. <laughs> they're like, oh, we're all good. And then they're like, <laughs> After receiving clearance from the Oakland County Medical Examiner's Office, she was transported to her funeral home, said the funeral home. Upon her arrival at the funeral home, <laughs> our staff confirmed she was breathing and called the EMS. She was then transported to the hospital where her condition remains unknown. Hmm. Uh, the fire department said the woman's identity will not be released. Interesting. I mean, this has happened before, mm -hmm. this kind of scenario. But if you hear about uh, bells on cemetery plots, okay. there's like a, I think it was during, I'm trying to remember exactly what period of time mm -hmm. this would be happening, if it was like during a pandemic or something. Okay. But, you know, people were, like, afraid that the person that was, like, buried was, like, not actually dead. And so they put, like, a bell on. And so, like, the bell would, like, ring or something. Would they wake up and go, dum dum, ding 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 I'm alive. Oh, no. <laughs> you 
you're welcome for that wonderful history lesson. <laughs> some point in history, there were some bells on some gravestones, and then they'd ring them if they were alive in the grave. I think. <laughs> I, I heard it from a guy. <laughs> from a uh, okay. So this is from um, Ranker.com. Okay. It's 14 people share their middle of nowhere road trip stops that turn sinister. I got the creeps. Okay. okay. So this is from a person who said, My friend and I were on a road trip across the United States. I wanted to stop and get a postcard from each state as a memento. Washington, Idaho, Montana were all easy, really easy to find postcards. Wyoming is where it got a little complicated. It was about 1 a.m. and we were just about in South Dakota when I remember that I hadn't gotten a card yet. We stopped at a Walgreens so I could find a card. I walk in and immediately get really uncomfortable. There is no one except for a cashier and a lady with a full cart of items. She was dressed in all white, like the whitest and cleanest white I've ever seen. She, was matching, she has matching white hair as well. I look around for postcards and don't find any, so I walk up to the counter. These two people have not moved an inch. The cashier is standing there, not moving, holding the scanner. For about three minutes, she looks up at me like I just got there. She said, what do you need, in a really sleepy voice. The lady in white turns around insanely fast and freaks me out a bit. She's incredibly pale, almost matching her outfit. She starts yelling, he doesn't have anything. His hands are empty. Why don't you have anything? For some reason, I managed to say I was looking for postcards, and the cashier just stared at me, saying nothing at all. The lady in white just kept whispering and pointing to me while repeatedly quiet, repeating quietly that there's nothing in my hands to purchase. The cashier never moved. I glanced back as I jogged out the door, and they are right back to the exact positions that they were in when I walked in. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> okay, this one's titled, They Stumbled Upon the Apocalypse. Gary, Indiana. I got off the highway to get gas. Driving through the city was like a post-apocalyptic movie complete with burned out cars. Crazy guy in underwear walking down the middle of the street with a baseball bat and all the windows broken and boarded up. I stopped at a gas station and then a guy came out and said, get back on the highway, son. It's not here. I had enough gas to get out of there fast to a safer restaurant to refuel. I remember one time I was with a couple of friends and we were up north um, and we went to this casino up there and as we're driving to the casino there's this like guy who's probably like later middle age and he's just walking along the highway with his suitcase just like talking to himself and I got really scared for him because I was like first off you're on the highway this is like completely like wooded area around here so like I'm like where are you gonna go you like walk into the woods and just like disappear. Maybe he was going to the hotel at the casino. He was walking away from the casino. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so hard to be homeless. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. I don't know. I don't know if it just like lost everything. Yeah. I was like, oh, poor guy. Poor guy. It's like my birthday too. So I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this guy's gonna die on my Do birthday. Black Bear? What? Blackberry casino? Yeah, I think so. It was Cloquet. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. We got a prime rib dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and it was delicious. Uh, the waitress gave me free cheesecake. Yeah. 
he even like wrote on the plate like happy birthday cute. that was a really nice casino yeah just there might be a dead guy in the woods nearby so mm-hmm. Probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs> All right, this story is from 2006. Okay. I'm not going to read the uh, head title. Okay. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay, a 300 pound pet became a star attraction of a Minneapolis neighborhood. After he saved his owner's bacon last February when two men accosted her in a garage. Oh, okay. <laughs> quote, I had left the side door open, unquote, his owner Becky said. Pretty soon I felt this thing in my back like a gun. <gasps> they went into the kitchen where Arnold was lying on the floor. Mm-hmm. And when Moyer began screaming, the pet pig sprang into action. <gasps> He swung around and grabbed the guy right in the calf muscle. Ow. There's a expletive pig in here. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't notice it when they walked in, too. <laughs> the man yelled, and they ran out. Her other porcine pet, a 165-pound purebred Vietnamese potbelly named Axel, cowered under a chair. <laughs> That's my puppy. He was squealing as loud as I was, uh, Becky recalls. The police haven't arrested anyone, but it helped Arnold win an award from the Minneapolis Police Department, and he was made a mascot in the crime-plagued Stephen Square neighborhood where Moyer lived. I'm going to look up where that is. Stephen Square. Stephen Square, because I can't remember if that's north or south. Minneapolis, cause I, mostly because I'm like, where do these pigs live? Like, yeah. hear me? Everybody in the community knows him, and they bring him all kinds of treats. Hmm. She explained that Arnold, uh, wait, she explained she received Arnold about a year ago as a gift from a, quote, romantic friend. Oh. <laughs> he was only 10 pounds at the time. <laughs> Moyer says she still doesn't have an alarm system for her home, but feels safe with Arnold around. Yeah. And for those concerned about their safety at the home, she says, buy a pig. Buy a pig? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dum-dum. Yeah. Uh, it's like between uh, downtown Minneapolis and like south Minneapolis. So it's not super far from where I live. But far enough away that I know that there's not a gigantic pig that's going to show up at my house. 300-pound pig. Hey, he's only a crime fighter. He he solves crimes. He saves the day. Congratulations, Arnold. I'm Arnold. proud of you. And Axel. And Axel. <laughs> he's going to be turned into bacon someday, apparently, if he doesn't step up step his game. Up. No, he's not. <laughs> okay. All right, so this one comes to us from OutsideOnline.com. Okay. It says, three real-life ghost stories for your next backyard campfire. I'm only going to read two of them because the other one's in out of country. Okay. So, the first one is The Ghost of Oxford Milford Road, mm-hmm. written by Brad Culp. This is a true story, but it's like his story. <laughs> it's a true story, but it's his story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. 
When Brad Culp was a student at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, there was a rumor that the town was one of the most haunted places in America. When Culp started an on-campus mag on magazine, he couldn't wait to write about the several of the area's most famous phantoms. Not long after his story published, though, he kept finding himself thinking about one ghost in particular, the ghost of Oxford Milford Road. As the story goes, many decades ago, probably sometime in the 1940s, there was a young man courting a young woman in a rural part of town. Because of the woman's parents didn't approve of the match, each night he visited under the cover of darkness. I feel like I'm really <laughs> emphasizing the id. <laughs> after her parents went to bed, the young woman would sneak out of the, her farmhouse and flash the lights of her parents' car three times. Then her young suitor would ride his motorcycle down the road. One night, he took a, a turn right before the house, just a little too sharp, <coughs> says Culp. The motorcycle went one way, he went the other. His injuries were so severe that he did not survive. Rumor has it, however, that his love-struck ghost still haunts the stretch of road of Milford Road. <laughs> Curious, Culp, his girlfriend, now his wife, and a friend decided to head out there one night to see if they could verify the tale. His girlfriend was worried she'd be completely freaked out. She believes more in this stuff than I do, Culp says, but he was mostly concerned that his suspicions, that none of this was actually true, would be confirmed. On this particular night, as Culp, turning page, <laughs> passed the abandoned farm, an idea came to him, and he pitched it to his girlfriend. How could she not say yes? Though reluctant, he relented, and Culp turned a short way into the farmhouse driveway. He killed the engine and flashed his lights three times. No joke, there's a single headlight that appeared three-quarters of a mile down the road. Culp says, You saw it start to come, going pretty slow. It kept coming and coming. My wife was freaking out. It was coming closer and closer. As the collision seemed imminent, Culp turned on his car lights. He expected to see a kid on a bike bailing out from his prank now that he'd been caught there's nothing there. The light is just gone, he says. They got out of the car. They walked around trying to figure out what it was that they could have seen. To this day, we still talk about it. I saw something I cannot explain, he says. If you get him and his wife around a campfire, they'll swear up and down that the story is true. And if you're ever in Oxford, Ohio, consider parking for just a few minutes on Oxford Milford Road at night to test your own nerve. Flash, flash, flash. Flash, flash, flash. Mm -hmm. Okay, just FYI. Yeah. Motorcycles are loud as age. Yeah. But it's a ghost motorcycle. Well, I know, but when he was going to pick uh, her up, it's like, up. <laughs> you're ruining it. She should have walked down the road, picked her up. Maybe the parents were just like super hard sleepers. Okay. Or they're yeah. like, it seems kind of weird that. <laughs> Kind of weird that there's a motorcycle keep going by our house like every night, but you know what? It's the countryside. It's country, it's normal. Okay, this next story. It's not technically in the Midwest, it's in Montana. Okay. I think you'll like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna vote yes. Was it people or was it aliens? Yes, yes, yes. Storyteller is Doug Averill, a retired owner and manager of the Flathead Lake Lodge. Doug Averill grew up as one of eight boys on his parents' sprawling dude ranch, the Flathead Lake Lodge, in rural Montana. As a teen, the Averill boys ran wild. We rode around as a little gang of cowboys, he remembers. 
They'd saddle up and head off to check cattle on the three giant tracts of land the family managed, which formed a triangle around some of the state's most remote rangelands. One summer in the 1960s, the brothers came across a ghastly sight. There on the ground were three dead cows neatly arranged in a circle. Mm. No obvious wounds were visible, but the reproductive organs had been removed. But there was never any blood. It was almost a surgical removal, Avril remembers. During this decade, America was obsessed with aliens and write-ups in the local newspapers posited that perhaps this was a work of extraterrestrials. People mused that aliens had taken the reproductive organs for testing, but one day, Avril and his friends came across a lance in their path. A lance is what it was called. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> a tattoo is a cryptic note with a threatening message. That's when we thought, it's got to be people doing this, he says. Then things got really strange. Over the next few days, a series of odd events unfolded. First, the brothers stopped in a local bar to grab a hamburger, leaving their horses in the back of a stock truck. The horses were packed in tightly, and the Avril's were only gone for a few minutes. When they came back, the horse packed into the middle of the truck was mysteriously out, with no signs of a struggle. We had no idea how, how they possibly could have gotten that horse unloaded without unloading all the others, he says. The next day, a new wrangler on the ranch fell off his horse and was badly injured. They'd all been riding together, but not a single other member of the crew saw the accident. It was the weirdest thing, Avril says. The man's injuries were so severe that he was left permanently disabled. Dang. Finally, the last terrible thing happened. This one's kind of sad, so just brace yourself. An old camp cook drove out to meet the brothers and ride for a day, but when he arrived, the tailgate on his, his stock truck had somehow gone missing, even though it had been there when he loaded it up. His horse, Betsy, had fallen out of the track, truck sorry, and been dragged behind the vehicle for who knows how long. Sad. They had to put her down on the spot. To be honest, it just killed him to see what had happened to Betsy. We probably should have put him down, too. Remember <laughs> 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 that rule. Those three events were just boom, boom, boom. Three things in a row that were so weird all tied together because they were right after we saw that spear. Okay, mm -hmm. now we know what the lance is. It's a spear. It's a spear. He remembers three things, like the three dead cows left in a circle. Oh, yeah. Avril used to tell the stories from the summer around a campfire a lot. But over the years, he's gotten new stories, and so they've been shifted out of rotation. Besides, they're awfully grim. But he recently got a call about a down buff bull, a buffalo. It was out in one of the most remote parts of his ranch. A neighbor had seen a pack of 16 wolves, and normally, wolves don't bother buffalo, but 16 of them? I thought, well, maybe. He went to investigate. There, lying in a snow-covered field, was a bull, but there were no bullet holes or teeth marks or gashes on its corpse. Even stranger, scavenging animals, and birds hadn't touched it. Mm -hmm. Not even the buzzards, which is really unusual, he says. One other thing was amiss. Its reproductive organs were gone, and there wasn't a single footprint in the snow around it or anywhere along the mile-long walk into the ranch from the nearest road. Ask Avril whether he thinks he's dealing with aliens or humans, and he'll tell you he's pretty sure it's humans. But I'd rather it was aliens, he'd add, he adds. After the summer back in the 60s, seeing what other humans were capable of, he'd pick aliens any day. Okay. Mm. I read that and I was lying. Upside, uh -oh. there's some buffalo down by... Um, Treasure Island Casino. Oh, yeah. Alongside the road. Oh, fun. And I was like, Buffalo! 
buffaloes. Because <laughs> I'm that person who like rides along and I'm like, yeah, moo moos. <laughs> Look at that bird. Look at that. Horses. Oh, Horses. Doggy. Take <laughs> like a two year old. Oh man. yeah. I feel Ooh. like it's like any road trip you do and you're just like pointing out stuff. You're just like, cow. More horses. <laughs> Sheep. Gives you something to do. Goats. <laughs> Are those fainting ones or jumping no, ones? Just... <laughs> Alright, we'll do a couple more stories and then we gotta wrap it up. Do you want to do yours? Because mine are laws and I'd rather do them as like a group. Oh, sure. I mean, do you want sure, to sure, 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 Okay. So my last one is from Refinery29. Okay. It's Six people share their hometown's most bone-chilling ghost story. Oh, this one's titled, We Called It the Texas Chainsaw House. It's from Molly in Storm Lake, Iowa. There was this haunted house outside of town. We called it the Texas Chainsaw House because there was a rumor that at night you could hear an echo of a chainsaw. And the home still had unopened cans of foods in the cabinets and newspapers from the 1980s on the kitchen table, almost as if the family up and left and didn't pack a thing. They tore it down because kids were going in and trespassing in this old, abandoned, creepy house with like a weird amount of dolls and toys from the 80s. I didn't believe in ghosts at the time, but looking back, I bet money that it was actually haunted. Ooh. I want to read this story because even though it's not from the Midwest, it's perfect. Margaret of Deer Isle, Maine. There was a ghost of a lobster man, a fisherman who went lobstering. He found that he found one that was shaped like his wife and took it home to her. They laughed and boiled it and ate it, and when they were done, his wife had turned into a lobster. <laughs> they had many children and still live up there. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Found a lobster shaped like his, his wife. wife, so he brings it home. No. Like, oh, <laughs> Let's funny. eat it, and then she becomes then a lobster. And then they have babies. And then they have babies. He had to... Are the lobsters the children baby lobsters? How Are they part lobster, part human? Human relations with a lobster woman. First off, why is it a ghost of a lobster man, <laughs> but they still love up there? <laughs> We have a question. Does the ghost live there? <laughs> is it the children of the lobstermen? Lobster man, I should say. It's just one. <laughs> it's not plural. Just one. One lobster man. This is a weird story. Dear Isle Man, I need to know. <laughs> I saw that and I was like. We gotta know about this. What is this? Bone chilling stories? Bone chilling stories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make sure it qualifies. Okay. Alright. This one's also from Canada. Okay. That I was like, you know what? Close enough. <laughs> Canada. Basically, it's like an entire country of Midwest. Canada. <laughs> okay. We appreciate you, Canada. Yes. Okay. This one is titled One Staircase Was Fully Closed Off Because of Strange Events. Ooh. Wow. My middle school, now condos, was haunted. A train crashed on Christmas Day, 1934, and the school's basement was used as a morgue. It said a girl from the crash haunted the school. It was also haunted by a former janitor named Russell who would joke with other staff that whoever died first would haunt the school. He died first. <laughs> oh no. One staircase was fully closed off because of strange events, named the Russell Staircase. <laughs> 
and janitors had to work in pairs. People would frequently hear whistling, banging, and clashing when nobody else was around, and metal detectors, or excuse me, motion detectors, would similarly set off. The school puts on an excellent charity haunted house every year, always different and built by the students. <laughs> Think, and that is unless they're wearing pants. Excuse me, that's discriminatory. <laughs> First off, where are they going to get the pants? Is it a big and tall store? <laughs> Do they have to go to a general store? Good one. Yeah. Maybe right. it's a combo. Oh, maybe. Big and tall general store. <laughs> okay. To lie down and fall asleep in a cheese factory is against the law. What if I wanted to take a nap while eating cheese? Just stand up while you do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. It is illegal to show any movies that include police officers being struck, beaten, or treated offensively. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Especially Timely. giving the times. Yeah. In the city of Huron, it is illegal to cause static. Cause static? static. Like static electricity or just like radio static? Um, mm. it, it mentions winter's enemy, so I'm guessing static electricity. Winter's enemy. <laughs> Here, here's the next line. Static truly is every southern Dakotan's winter enemy. <laughs> Casinos in the state of South Dakota are not allowed to post any signs that say casino. What? <laughs> Don't know. Like, is it a casino? No, it doesn't say it is. <laughs> but there's all these gambling equipment things in here. It's not a casino. It's not a casino. Because we didn't say it. We, we didn't say it was. Whatever the words are. Yeah. All hotels are required to have two twin beds, and the beds must always be two feet apart. What if you want a queen bed? I don't know, but the next line is quite funny. Okay. Believe it or not, part of this law also states that it is illegal to make love in the space between the two twins. <laughs> <laughs> also, it could be physically impossible. <laughs> two feet? Yeah. Okay. It is illegal to use fireworks to protect your sunflower crop. But it's only specific to sunflower crops, so you so, could do it for anything yeah, else. Yeah, you could have your cornfield. A bunch of crows could be coming by, and you could just start shooting out fireworks, <laughs> and they're just like, ah, cock, ah. Better go to the sunflower fields. The okay. other two are sort of long, so I'm going to leave these for future ones. Okay. Well, gang, 
It's another spooky article time for you. Yeah. We learned a lot. Mm -hmm. We gained a lot of knowledge. We learned a lance. A we learned a spear. A spear. Spear. Oh, spear like a spear. Tool. Yep. Okay. We learned that there might be a lobster man in Maine. Procreating. Procreating. Although it's technically a lobster woman. Oh wait, 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 wait. He's it's a, a lobster man who does fishing for lobsters. But a lobster woman who was a lady who's a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not titled wrong. No. Okay, I accept that. And then we learned a lot of laws. We learned that South Dakota is bonkers, apparently. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, Southern Dakota. <laughs> Southern Dakota, <laughs> is the proper name. Proper term. <laughs> All right, my stomach is getting rumblies. Yes. So. Well, nice to have you back. Yeah. We'll have more funsies. Yeah. And we'll bring some cases next time. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, bye. 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 bye.